What's up, y'all? It's Shanisha, and we're back for another Real Talk Tuesdays. You know, I'm loving it here with you guys, and I hope you all are excited for another Real Talk Tuesday episode, because today we're going to be talking about, is this the American dream, right? So, like, many of us come here to America, and we have all these thoughts and dreams and ambitions of what life is to be like, what we see portrayed online, and it's like, okay... When we get into that organization, is this really real, right? Like, is this really what I signed up for? You guys definitely left out the disclaimer. <laughs> left out the disclaimer for what I am walking into. So, uh, you know, grab your tea, coffee, lunch, whatever you have to relax and enjoy this next episode that I'll be recording with a very special guest. What's up, y'all? It's Shanisha. We live in corporate, and we're here today for Real Talk Tuesdays. And I just have a question. Is this the American dream? <laughs> all right, like we all have this perception of what the American dream is. So we have a guest here today who is going to give us his perspective and viewpoint of the American dream, right? So i like to introduce to you uh, our guest. So he is the first African American, excuse me, first African immigrant to become a nuclear missile operator in the United States Air Force and served in three U.S. military branches. He trained a trained veterinary, he's a trained veterinary surgeon, combat medic, nuclear weapon system SME, senior program analyst in the U.S. Space Force Department of Defense, civilian at the Pentagon. Oh my gosh, like he has so many accolades, like this is amazing. He turned to storytelling as solace from an early life of poverty and loss, right? So a great way to turn your wins, like your losses into wins, right? So his new book is titled Underground, a memoir of hope in the American dream. I like to welcome our guest, Dr. Deji Ayoade. Hey, thanks so much, Doc. Thanks for having me on the show today. Yes, it's a pleasure to have you guys. This gentleman is difficult to connect with. And when I say difficult to connect with, you guys heard all those athletes, right? He is booked and busy and I'm so excited and I know you guys should be so excited to hear from him today um he's traveled a lot here here as of lately so I know like the brief intro really doesn't do um do you justice Dr. Ayode so I like for you to share with our guests a little bit more about who is Dr. Ayode yeah thank you very much uh so uh, I pretty much just go by DG, really. Uh, you know, the Dr. DG Ayoade or Dr. Ayoade, that's fine. Um, again, you you know, when you said he he's an African American, I am an African American, but I knew where I was going that they have to fix that. <laughs> so <laughs> I am an African American. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, I immigrated to the United States, uh, originally from Nigeria uh, many years ago. And then, you know, moved over here and, uh, you know, I, but before coming down here, I was already practicing as a veterinary surgeon and 
uh, when I came to the United States, I joined the initially on scholarship, went through grad school, and then uh, joined the U.S. Navy. And then from there, I commissioned to the Air Force and came out of the Air Force and moved on to and, and joined the Space Force. So I've been in the military for a good chunk of my life in the United States since uh, I came here. Uh, but before that, you know, in Nigeria, you know, that's where I was born and uh, grew up and went through. Uh, I'm sure we talk, speak more in, in detail uh, about those later on as we move on. But, uh, you know, yeah, I grew up there and I can sit here and tell you, yeah, hard times and things like that. But, but really, I went to my primary school, secondary school, got my veterinary degree. Uh, and, you know, here I am today, you know, after uh, a very long journey for a relatively younger per- person, let me put it that way. I don't want to sound like I'm a 70, 80 year old man. But, <laughs> uh, which was, I feel like I've been around for a very long time. <laughs> because you've done a lot, right? So like in a short period of time, you've, you've done a lot, you've accomplished a lot. So I can, I can understand what you mean and when you speak to that. Um, so you've done a lot, you live, <laughs> you live, right? You live life for a lot of time here. So why, why did you write the underground? Like what message were you looking for? Were you looking for to convey to your audience or your readers? Yes. Uh, from the message, before I get to the message, maybe I'll just give a quick background about why I wrote it and, and I'll connect mm-hmm. the message. So I wrote on the ground when when I, we had my, when my daughter arrived in 2010. You know, I wanted to have a record mm-hmm. um, for her. You know, about how this all began, how I came, how things came to be, where I came from, what I've had to go through, and and the need for us to understand you know our heritage and and why it's important to take that with her and not take the opportunity opportunities that she has for granted, right? And then she's gonna get married and move on, move on and you know our kids are gonna get married. So it'd be nice for my great great grandchildren to go back and have some sort of, you know, record of okay, this was how I got family came to the United States because I was the first to come here. Right? And then my son arrived in twenty thirteen and that was when I picked up you know, got on the computer and decided, you know what, I need to really do it now. So it wasn't meant to be published, really. I was just trying to have a record down, just in case, you know. And um, and there were no chapters, anything like that. And it, it was just an epist to it. Very, what I mean, I was writing and my wife read, so I gave it to my wife to read and, you know, halfway through she started crying and said, oh my God, you need to publish this because this can inspire so many lives uh, you know I think it was hard for her to come to terms that she had been married to a man for about five six years and there's just so many things that she didn't know that I had gone through right and she was trying to put the pieces together and it was I guess almost incomprehensible that people can go through that and and still not give up you know because she, she, she was looking at where we are at the time and where Alpha had come so and that was what inspired Underground in terms of messaging. You know, I think Underground is a message of hope and faith. You know, that irrespective of where we come from, or what we've been through, the challenges that we face, we cannot give up. 
you know we still have to have hope and we need to have faith in something that that thing we so uh, that we conceive in our heart that we daily aspire uh, to achieve or become if we believe in our hearts that we happen those things will happen as long as we can you know if we choose a plan and act and, and then do what it takes even when we face failures you know we, can, we learn from them and keep moving forward that's what on the ground is all about that you know someone like me from the middle of nowhere nigeria can come to the u.s and you know uh still at least achieve that most important thing that i wanted to achieve as an american you know i think anyone could oh absolutely this is good this is good and i think you know what and i asked the question in the beginning right like is this American dream? Many of us, um, who some of us could say fortunate, unfortunate, circumstances <laughs> 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 being here, right? Um, growing up in America, and from what we see on television to what we hear, you know, around in our communities or society, like, okay, what is the American dream? And does it really consist of poverty for, uh, you know, black and brown? Uh, people within our communities or is it solely like this I don't know uh, made up image of things where it's like you know the white picket fence the you know gated community the wonderful neighborhood you know the dog the success and not really having to you know really deal with as many challenges and for you know some of our our um for some of those in our community our the white community or whomever may look at it and say okay you know poverty, you know, loss, um, challenges that may not really consist of those things within their world. Um, and they may not really maybe be able to relate to it, uh, I guess you could say as often. So like, for example, I live, um, I live in one of the biggest cities, landmass right. So I'm in Jacksonville, right? Okay. And being in Jacksonville, Florida, there is a side of town that is like, flourishing, rainbows, skittles, like it's a beautiful world over here, like a land flowing with milk and honey, right? Mm. And then <laughs> there's another side of town where, you know, there's a lot of challenges, there's a lot of violence, there's a lot of poverty. And when you speak to someone maybe on one certain side of town, they don't know that world. And mm. a lot of times many of our, you know, colleagues and people may not really understand the challenges that we may face and go through so when you may mention about your wife not knowing those things there's a lot of things that you know we don't share and many people just see all the accolades that we mentioned but do they really know deji's story right do they really mm -hmm. know um and they get to know right by reading your, your memoir so how have you overcome the prejudice faced as a new immigrant in the u.s so i know that that definitely had to be a challenge for you, uh, another challenge for you to overcome outside of your experiences growing up, but how did you overcome the prejudice faced as a new immigrant in the U.S.? Yes, you know, you know, it's funny. I think what we might get back to, you know, talking about American dreams and perception of American dream currently in the United States, uh, but, but let me attack the, the actual question. So, when I came to the U.S., I anticipated it. I was prepared for the things I was going to face. Uh, I knew I was 
I mean, I left Nigeria to come here. I wasn't born here. And, and I knew I was going to sound different. I wasn't very much aware of racism, although I had experienced it in Europe. But mm-hmm. you know, I knew here I had some lessons to learn. I had a lot of um, studying to do and a lot of, a lot of and I had to observe quite a bit, but I, it helps that when to prepare for something so that when it happens, you find some time to process it and then make sure that you do not let that negative negativity, if it is, if it is negative, weigh you down and hold you back. So for me personally, after my first uh, few experiences, I learned quickly that I had to develop a thick skin, right, um, to uh, deal with subsequent um, experiences. And because while that was happening, I also experienced something on the positive side just by virtue of how I, you know, my background and how I sounded, right? Some people could tell straight up, like, oh, he's an immigrant, right? Because I'm like, you know, how I sounded and, and how I looked. So, um, you know, some people were willing to help and some people, they just straight up, like, you know, try to be, and it has happened from when I was in grad school here all the way to, you know, from my active duty time and now still being in the government. I, I, and the way I process that is, we are all human beings and irrespective of how these people talk to me, there's something inherently good in them. I always try to find what's good in everyone. And I try to appeal to that good part of that of every person. Someone called me an African monkey before, but that didn't stop me from helping out with a medication and advising them how to take a medication. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And next time that person comes, that person is trying to process how did I have so much hatred for this person that I never knew from anywhere for no reason? I treated him badly and have so much hatred and still treated, treated me uh, back with love and still try to help me. And that's when you leave people to really ruminate about the things they're doing. So one thing my grandma used to tell me when I was growing up is you cannot, and I think MLK also said that, you know, you cannot get rid of darkness with darkness, right? You have to shine some light. Uh, But that's all well and good. Now, speaking to when you actually think times when I do get frustrated, right? Mm -hmm. And and there are times like that. And I think uh, I have to remind myself about what's important. What's important to me? Um, After I got married and started having kids and and had my kids, what's important to my family? For me, what's important to me? And what's important to my family? And I narrow, you know, my focus to that and everything else becomes just noises around me, right? And mm-hmm. I can choose to just, you know, disregard completely. And I think channeling my energy, you know, towards moving forward, uh, no matter what, uh, has been really helpful. And when times come, and time, the time comes when, you know, the prejudice, you know, when things really life and things and people try to hold you back because of you know you who you are right your background and, and mm-hmm. skin color and how you sound and, and things like that you try to use that as as an advantage instead of 
um, something that holds you back, then you just know that that's probably not for me. I got to, you know, meander my way through that negativity and find help somewhere else and try to. Uh, so uh, I'll conclude, let me just conclude this with, you know, I learned quickly in my first few months in the United States that I have to treat people as individuals. I, I don't ever assume that someone is bad or they, they have certain predispositions and things like that until I meet them in person and try to understand them. Mm-hmm. And then I treat each person as an individual, irrespective. If I know, well, you don't like me. Well, not no, you don't like me. So I need to figure out quickly how I need to deal with you, right? So mm-hmm. Yes, navigating the spaces, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. <laughs> no. That's that's really a, a real thing. And I can even say like so I grown up moving to Jacksonville. I've grown up in a various like the melting pot, right? Very diverse. Florida just in general. I think it's like yes. super diverse. And um I'm a country girl <laughs> coming from uh Alabama and Mm. Going to Jacksonville and being in the melting pot and a lot of my classmates and then going to HBCU, I'm seeing, okay, there's someone here from like almost every walk of life, right? Yes. I I grew up with, and I mentioned IK, one of my really close (laughs) Nigerian friends and just learning about his upbringing and the culture and just how diverse. I always said, I'm like, I know. They pick me all the time. I'm like, I know deep down. I haven't done my... (laughs) I haven't done my ancestry.com, but I know. <laughs> These are my people, right? So I'm super excited to, again, connect with you. And it's definitely a challenge navigating those spaces and just hearing his stories about his upbringing and um, being here, coming from Nigeria, and just the experiences and then engaging with those who, you know, aren't like you and I or aren't, um, do not have that kind of background to really be able to understand and just figure out how can I navigate this space because I'm here now and I have to flourish here um, because yes. I'm, you know, I've come here with purpose. Yes. So you definitely came here with purpose, right? And being that you have so many accolades, you served in three branches in the U S military. Like what was that experience like as an African-American immigrant? Like what was that like for you? I, I, I mean, he was, you know, I if there's anything that you know, I'm really thankful for about my life is the opportunity to serve in in the military. I think, no, I think I, so far. I think that's where I found my purpose. And I mean, I, I've done surgeries, I've practiced for years, and I always knew that I find joy in the happiness of other people. Um, mm-hmm. I think by nature, I just love to serve. You know, I wanted to commit my life to my family. You know, that's my mom and my siblings before I came here. I just wanted, and being in the military allowed me to that. Now, when I went in, I went in with that notion that I'm able to do this on a grand scale with so many other people that, mm-hmm. for the most part, like-minded and, you know, they, they organize this, you know, discipline and the kind of things, integrity, the kind of themes that I really uh, res- respond to, that I connect with. I know I was going to find that in the military, but going in and actually doing it has shaped my life in such a way that uh, all the best things that have happened to me uh, in my life so far all happened to me while in the military. And there's just some times in life when you run into things and you do things that you connect with and you just find it. You know, you know that said, that doesn't mean 
you know, there aren't other things in life that might still be meant to do, right? But the military has been so wonderful. You know, I've been through challenges starting from the Navy where I had to enlist because I didn't have citizenship, right? I had permanent residency. So even as a doctor with, I'm not, with, I mean, I've doctored the master's and I still enlisted. And to enlist, only required that you have a high school diploma, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then, but the Navy naturalized me, you know, while I was in training. And then when I came out, that was, a, and so that shortened my time uh, in the U.S. between when I got my citizen, my permanent residency and when I became a citizen. And that allowed me to file for my, for my mom quickly, which, by the way, when we talk about American dream, that was at the top of my American dream when I came here. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give my mom, be surrendered to my mom having the opportunity that all this dream that she has, you know, considering the things that she had gone through back home. And then, you know, and that happened. The military made that happen for me. Mm-hmm. And then when it was time to reach a compromise with my family so we can spend time together because I've always gone. The Air Force gave me the opportunity, the platform to do that. I was able to serve at the same time, spend time with my family, you know. And then you know, it was time to transition down here to the East Coast. You know, I was able to roll into Space Force. I, I mean, uh, and I'm happy, you know, every day because I get to do the things that I love to. I'm living a fast-paced life like the way I always wanted it. I'm, I'm challenged every day with things that, you know, 20 years ago I would have thought they're humanly impossible, right? Things that I probably saw in the movies. That only, mm-hmm. You know, they only read in books. I'm actually a real life, you know, person doing those things that, you know, I didn't, I didn't think as a child that even when I thought about doing them, I wasn't sure those were ever going to happen because there was no room for that to happen for me back in Nigeria. So, uh, you know, the military, and I've met some of the finest men and women, you know, that I've suffered with the best. And I've always experienced those that have sharpened me, that have done things that made me get smarter and think differently, right? So uh, I think so far it's one of the, you know, besides, you know, um, the personal things like getting married and having my kids and my wife, you know, I, you know, I, one of the best things that's happened to me in my, my entire life is being in the military. That's why I'm still there. <laughs> so you're still you're still there and still active, correct? No, I'm not active. I'm a civilian in, okay. within, yeah, in the, in the military currently. Okay, okay, very good. Okay, and you know I did read that within your bio, so I apologize about that. Oh, oh no, 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 it's accurate. What you read about is very accurate. Mm-hmm. So I, when I came out of the Air Force, right. Actually, mm-hmm. I rode into reserves, but then I started working in the Pentagon <clears throat> mm-hmm. as a civilian. Mm-hmm. So when we established Space Force, mm-hmm. uh, and and then you know Space Force is going to be four years very soon. Uh, so I was I got promoted into Space Force to start. You know, I was one of the few people that helped to start jumping you know, or stop things up. You know, we started pulling Space Force out of the Air Force and started set things up uh so and and i've been doing that as a civilian and my reserve duty ended so i'm a full-time civilian in the pentagon currently you 
you've done so much in such a short period of time. <laughs> in such a short, short period of time. I'm really amazed by this. Like, there's serving in three branches. And then again, as we mentioned, like, all your athletes, like, you've done a lot. Before <laughs> I pivot into, like, the burning question, I just want to know from you, like, what outside of, you know, really making your mother proud and um, paying homage to her, what kept you motivated um, to accomplish all these things, especially through diversity, especially through experiencing um, prejudice and those type of things? Like, what kept you mentally motivated? I think one investment part, besides all that, is um, the thought that I need to have a good account of my life. I. I don't want to be a number. I don't want to, I don't want, and then, you know, I don't want a situation uh, where uh, my great-grandchildren and, and great-great-grandchildren have no record whatsoever of who I was and the difference that I made. I just didn't want to exist for nothing. And I think for me, you know, what drives me day to day is the fact that, uh, I'm not sure how long I have to live here, but I'll, I'm really sure that the time I have here, I'm going to do everything I can with it and put it into use. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what drove me. You know, you know, growing up from home, I I wanted to do something about what I, situation I didn't like for me and my family back home, and I decided that I will work day and night, whatever it takes no matter what it takes, and the details are in my, my book, that I will do the best I can. If what I'm thinking is not what's meant for us, at least we can be able to put ourselves in a better position or make something at least better for ourselves instead of just being in that same place, that same space, and just exist and die off and without any record of what we have done with ourselves. Uh, I didn't want that to happen. Uh, I wanted to be a start to something new. Mm-hmm. And that's how, again, I was first to come here. And I'm so thankful for that. When when things like that happen, it comes with good responsibilities too, right? There are a lot of people looking up to you. And I wasn't doing things because I wanted to just keep achieving, achieving those things. I think I always try to do things that I knew for sure were important to me and my family and those things will move us forward. I wanted to do things that would impact other people's lives so that when those people look back, they'll be happy that they had an experience with me. And I'll be able to look back and be thankful thankful for people that paid forward by helping me as well. So I just wanted to make sure that I have a good account of my life. And, uh, and, and, and that really helped me to embrace pain and and, and when I say pain, I mean challenges. Uh, you know, I found out quickly that my life would have been meaningless without those challenges. And the same goes for everyone. We, that's what really, you know, enriches our lives when we can go back. I mean, I went, I started reading this thing, like what you just said, that, you know, I've done so much within a short time frame. It's funny that when people say that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and my wife has cautioned me many times that you need to stop and stop, um, being too humble and acting like it's no big deal. Like she said, it's a big deal. She keeps trying to remind me that it is a big deal because you actually did all this work, but you always act like it was nothing. 
because you're busy consuming trying to do the next thing, you know? Uh, and I think that's what happens when, I guess the act of living that way just naturally puts me through living that, that way, right? So that if I, hadn't, not, if I hadn't written anything about like the book I wrote, right? It won't come to life and people won't know about it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's just, yeah, it's pretty much, uh, you know, what drives me and hopefully, you know, uh, my kids and the people that read the book and people that know me and people that just hear anything about the book are able to take something from that and, and, and get inspired, you know, to push themselves, you know, forward and towards what they really want for themselves. Oh, absolutely. They should definitely be inspired because just what I'm hearing from you sharing, you know, now is definitely inspirational. When you think about the family aspect, the challenges that you face, how you continue to persevere, how you keep your family and your legacy in mind is super, I think, super inspirational. And I, and I also think that for um, many of us, a part of the black and brown community, sometimes we lack that in ways of not wanting to keep record of, you know, um, things that may have taken place within our families, like our bloodline and just really diving deep into like who we are and just having a good recall. Some families are really good at it and some families are not. Um, mm -hmm. Somewhere along the way, the, like the ball had been dropped. But I definitely think what you're doing now uh, in this memoir and writing this out and documenting these things and, um, sharing with your children, like your legacy and your family and friends, like this is really huge. I think it's really, really huge. No, thank you. So, sure. You're welcome. So I know we spoke a little bit too. I, I want to also touch on the point of you said about being humble and kind of not really speaking really like up, like speaking up to some of the amazing things that you've done because they are big deals. I think many of us at times are not even, uh, be transparent many times we kind of downplay some of the things that we've done because like, mm -hmm. we feel like we still have so much more to do it's like oh that's nothing and it's like okay i'm on to the next thing of you know trying to make something something else bigger better you know like more yes. grand and yes. i think we we miss those opportunities to really highlight those things and when people you know tell me about yourself we speak to these things but to us it's like oh you know that's what i'm supposed to do kind of thing um, so we miss those opportunities to really, you know, give ourselves that pat on the back or, you know, congratulate ourselves in those wins because not many people are afforded those opportunities or really have that mindset um, mm. to take those losses and turn them into wins or to take those challenges and look at it from a different perspective of how you can turn that into something successful. And I think the drive of family is what really keeps that going. I know, especially for myself, like, oh, okay, oh, you got that doctor degree, that's great. But I still mm. have to my family. I want to take care of my family. So it's on to the next day. Like, how how else can I be successful? How else more can I, you know, um, make them proud or give them something, you know, to be excited about to speak to when, um, you know, whenever my name is mentioned. So I would definitely say, give yourself a pat on the back. You've done a lot. You don't know why. I know you're still going. It's like, okay, I have more to do. <laughs> yeah. Maggie, it's funny. I, I, you know, it, it does help. It does help to have people around you that think differently. And, you know, mm -hmm. it does help to listen to people, especially when they're close to you. You know, you know, they're telling you the truth. They're not just trying to, right. you know, you know, for, 
I mean, the first time I ever celebrated any accomplishment was, I think it was my commission and graduation. Even when I got, you know, I became a veterinary surgeon, I didn't, I didn't even show up for my graduation. I just went for my induction to swear in and the main graduation party. I didn't even go, you know. No. When I graduated from here, from the U.S., I didn't go for my graduation. They, they made oh. my certificate. I didn't care. I always, and, you know, I eventually I learned that it's not the best way to approach life. Like, you put so much work into things, and, you know, I mean, and you, you nailed it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking the time to really let it, you know, simmer, let it, because I think in my mind, the way I always thought about it was, well, that was in the past. Now I got to think about the next thing that's ahead of me. And sometimes I always felt like, I guess I was, sometimes I feel like maybe I was afraid that I might get comfortable spending right. too much time, you know, just that ravishing and enjoying that. So, and I don't like any sense of comfort, you know, and when I say comfort in the sense of, you know, what I'm doing, what I'm aspiring if you know if I'm just sitting still and not doing something that's moving me forward you know not in the sense of spending time with the family and trying to make time out you know but I you know there are times I've looked myself in the mirror sometimes maybe I've done one thing you know I feel for too long for most people it's not you know if I've done the same thing for three years for a lot of people oh they just started right me my thought on anything, I, by then I feel like I've mastered it to the point where I'm wasting my time. Mm-hmm. I got to move forward and then the next thing that's more challenging. And the times like that, I look into the mirror and literally tell myself that you're comfortable. You're getting comfortable. You're getting comfortable. And the times when I've done that, you know, I come back really hard on myself and start looking for something that I have to do, right? I, maybe I pick up another program or I start writing about something, you know, I start doing something to account for that that free time I have that I think I could use to do something else, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, you know, again, there's balance to everything, and I think I'm still learning that process of um, of doing that. It's definitely a process, and it, at times it can be a learning curve because when you're so used to operating in that mindset to shift gears, it can, it can be a learning curve. But I'm glad that you are, you know, taking a moment to kind of really analyze that and assess it and just kind of, you know, readjust, right? Um, yes. You mentioned something about, you know, like being being comfortable. So many of us have settled into this idea of the comfortability of the American dream or for most of us, the uncomfortability of the American dream, right? <laughs> Not being comfortable. Like, what is your definition of the American dream? Yes, so it's funny when you said, when you try to describe people's perception of American dream, right? Mm-hmm. And it's funny, we always put it, I try to look, American dream, an American dream is not you being married with two kids, a boy and a girl, and a dog, and have mm-hmm. millions of dollars in your account. Mm-hmm. That's not the definition of an American dream. It is, um, unique to each one of us Mm -hmm. and the only way you can know that it's unique is when you know what your american dream is and let's take the american out of that statement i was literally just that was literally a thought in my mind (laughs) yeah let's take that out you're right what is your dream you're an american right okay you're a brit right you're nigerian you're nigerian right okay 
by virtue of where you live in. Okay, I live in South Africa and I have this dream. I achieved it. South African dream. It's plain simple. I think a lot of us fall into the trap of not acknowledging the fact that we have dreams. We pursue them. We accomplish them. That is very important. If it's not, you know, um, uh, unique enough or big enough for you to consider that as an American dream by your estimation, then you need to set bigger goals for yourself. You need to set bigger dreams to achieve. And you set, you know, and, and the way for me, and I'll use myself as an example, right? When my mom came here in 2013, you know, I went down on my knees and I thank God, I said, thank you. This is my American dream. Mm-hmm. Being here, I'm in the Navy. I'm comfortable with my family. I'm able to bring my mom here to start our own life as well. You know, this is one most important thing I always dreamt of. You know, when my mom was just with this opportunity, it's up to my mom, right? But, and that's the whole point. So she can be herself and live, you know, and, and explore the boundaries of her talents and gifts and what brings her joy. And that's the most important thing, in my opinion, for her. And then, you know, I remember saying, you know, to myself and saying to God that, look, anything that happened from here on, those are all bonuses, you know. Uh, but I realized quickly that I was only 33. That means, wow, I see how many years to go. That means I can really, really challenge myself with even more bigger things, right? I started doing that. And every time I do that, I start pursuing them. And many times, I usually fail at first, but I never let that deter me or make me feel like I, there's no such thing as an American dream. No, the American dream is real. If I come from the middle of nowhere in Nigeria and aspire to be something here in America, and I believed that I would achieve that thing in the U.S., that means I've thought about it clearly. I have to consider why is it that I thought that I couldn't achieve it where I came from? What, why is it that I can only achieve it in the U.S. or somewhere else? And then, but most importantly, what is my American dream? If I know that, unfortunately, a lot of people that even complain about you know, no such thing as American dream. America is such a bad place. As people that just say all the negative things, if you ask them that, that question, they probably won't, don't know. They probably think about 10 things they want to do, but no. Identify what a dream is. It might just be that you go to school and have an academic degree. It might just be that you find someone that loves you as much as you love them and you will feel like you could spend the rest of your life with. You need to acknowledge it. And it doesn't stop there. The richest people in this country, they still aspire and, you know, strive to get better, right? They, mm-hmm. Elon Musk is still doing it, you know? Um, he's, he has to stay on top of his, um, you know, his expertise and in, in, in his gift and things and for challenging himself to be better and to, to even do some things that are bigger. And, and I think people should. And then, it's important that we don't compare ourselves to other people. We are all on different paths, paths, you understand? And we will come together, you know, collide and hit back at some point, but uh, you, we are all set on different paths and, and you, we need to stick to our own path and just believe there's something good ahead of us and, and, and not be confused or, or let the, 
uh, the success of other people make us feel like our dreams, our accomplishments are any less than mm. anyone else's. Yeah, if if that makes sense. No, that no, that definitely makes sense, right? So when you said about the comparing and then taking out American from what is the American dream, right? So like, what is your dream? My, my next question for you is, okay, so what would you like to say to immigrants and non-immigrants seeking the quote-unquote American dream or seeking the dream? Thank you. I think the first thing I'll say uh, to folks that, number one, know what your dream is. It's not one thing. It's not big. And know that your dream will continue to change. When you achieve your dream, then you need to set another goal. Another, you need to aspire. You may have another dream, but you have to set you have to plan and you have to set goals and you have to act in order to achieve the next dream, right? And eventually, but you need to know that every single time you achieve those things, those are, you're an American, right? Those are American dreams. And, and you may not have millions of billions of dollars in your account, but you need to be happy with yourself and acknowledge the, the, you know, your achievements, your accomplishments, because then, only then, you will appreciate when something even bigger than that happens. Two, there'll be a lot of challenges, especially, and it's not just immigrants, you know, even people that are born and raised here, right? You have to understand that no matter how little an opportunity is, a pre, you have an opportunity, there's a privilege, do not waste it. You, you need to latch on every little opportunity you have and, um, Take them seriously and appreciate them and leverage any opportunity you have that can help you to move forward to achieve the things you want to achieve. Um, and, and, and it's also important that while you are at it, your integrity, integrity really matters. If you, um, it's one thing my dad used to say, you know, when I was little that, you know, he would use his hands and I wish I could show this in the video, right? You know, with your palm up, like always be playing. You know, do not be two-faced or wish you watch, you know, like you would do his hands, you know, sideways, right? Don't do that. Whatever you do in life, be straightforward about it, be plain and be honest, show integrity, and you'll be surprised how far you go, um, especially with a sense of appreciation when you're also accomplishing those things. Now, it's also important that when we experience things, and I might have mentioned this earlier in this conversation and in this podcast, challenges are meant to make our lives meaningful. Without them, imagine what our lives would look like. Mm -hmm. We are meant to learn from them, especially when we fail, and then get better and then move forward. And then when those challenges come and we our first reaction shouldn't be to, to, to run away from them, but we need to embrace them and face them head on. Uh, because when you accomplish them, when you overcome them, the feeling, uh, you can't buy a feeling like that. You, in the future, right? You can look back in the future and then see, start counting if you can, the things that you have to go through and, and, and how much more when you face um, challenges in, in ahead of you, right? You you could uh, easily uh, compare and, and, you know, tell yourself quickly that ah, I've faced worse before, right? And every challenge just gets smaller. And then when you're bigger, 
you have the courage to face them. So it's, it's you know, and to round off, uh, take pride in starting over. Um, if uh, if you, it's, it, this is specifically for immigrants. When it, when people come here, uh, do not take shortcuts. You know, um, it's always hard when you're established where you're coming from, and then you have to start over in the U.S. America will answer your prayers if you are ready to do the work. That's one thing I know about this country. It's one place that, and it might take a long time. It might take longer than you, you know, imagine it would, but it will happen if you keep at it. And I'm speaking from experience and I'm speaking from those that I've seen. Uh, and be flexible, look for mentors, be flexible uh, with things. And, uh, and I believe uh, these are all the qualities and uh, examples that you will find in, in, in the book, in the underground, you know, just by telling my story. And I don't want to, you know, it's not a template for anyone, but it shows what, how I started and how I've meandered my way through things that I've experienced, even though I didn't plan all of them the way they happened. But one thing that was consistent was I always knew what I wanted. And I was always ready to do what it took. And it didn't matter what tried to veer me off course. I wasn't sidetracked. I wasn't distracted. I kept my focus. And I did the work it took, and and I knew for sure that if it was meant for me, it was going to happen. If it wasn't meant for me, that means I wasn't meant to do that thing. It's probably something better for me. And and I, you know, and I'm just starting. I'm not. I'm I'm still young, and there's still so much ahead of me. And just the same way I believe, there's so much ahead of every single one of us. There definitely. Is. <laughs> no, that was good. No, that was good. There definitely is a lot in there. It's definitely, and I, I loved how you may mention of the point of like, it's okay to start over. Like, you know, delay doesn't mean denial. Like it's totally, it's totally fine. Um, so Deji, if there's one thing that you would like for um, our guests, our audience, our listeners, our family, <laughs> our members, um, what is one thing you would like for them to take away from today? One thing I would like uh, everyone to take away from today is um, this moment right now, ask yourself, what is important to you? Ask yourself that question. What's important to you? Forget about American dream or not and whatever. Um, and then ask yourself, what do I need to do to achieve that thing? That's important to you. Oh, okay, well, let me use myself now, personify this now. What do I need to do to accomplish that thing that's important to me? Good. When you figure, when you pin that down, the things that you think, from by your understanding, based on the research you've done, mm -hmm. that you need to do, then start setting goals. You need to plan, right? You plan them out and set goals and start. Just start, and then when you, when it's gonna happen, you're gonna feel like you failed at some point. You're not failing. You're just learning how to not do what you're doing. You need to do it differently, and then learn, and then move around. You know, and then continue. Uh, and and when you accomplish or achieve that thing, 
eventually you need to remind yourself about the work you have put in, uh, how you need to enjoy it. And as an American, that's an American dream. It's just one of many. Mm -hmm. So uh, we are all able and uh, let's all latch on to positive things about where we are, where we live in this country, the people around us and the possibilities around us and, uh, and try to dwell less in negativities. Uh, you know, if you go listen to the TV and someone is ranting about there's no such thing as American dream anymore, America is this, America is that, please turn the TV off or change the channel. Um, because anything can happen, anything is possible. It's really up to you. It's definitely, it's definitely up to you guys to make make those things happen and to fulfill those opportunities. Just like you know, Deji had done <laughs> or is doing now, and especially through your memoir. Again, guys, if you um, have not already, while you're listening to this, went online and purchased. Um, his book, his new book, Underground, A Memoir of Hope, Faith, and the American Dream. Deji, I want to ask if there are any shout-outs that you'd like to give. Shout-outs? Thank you. It's the first time I've been asked to give a shout-out. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's yes, really you've done a lot, right? So I know that you definitely had to have a support system behind you, people that continue to encourage you and motivate you. So I definitely want to give you an opportunity to Give me a shout out. Yes, my, my first shout out is uh, to the Lord Almighty, my one and only God, you know, who's always looked out for me and planted, uh, you know, my vision, my dreams in me. And, and I'm doing the best I can to make good use, best use of uh, his, his gifts, his silence, and everything he has blessed me with. Uh, and then next shout out, you know, to my wife and my kids for sticking with me fully thick and thin and being patient with me uh, especially you know especially my schedule can be uh, one of the easiest schedules to deal with um, and my family they, they they're always around no matter how bad our things are my mom my sibling siblings and lastly you know all uh, my leaders my leaders especially my colleagues my leaders that always they're always there looking out for me. They always encourage me and let me know that I'm good enough, even when I, sometimes I doubt how good, you know, um, what I'm capable of or my, um, you know, what I've been, you know, I, I doubt, you know, the, the, the challenge, you know, the, if I could handle the challenges that I'm tasked with sometimes and I get, the courage, the encouragement, and the support that I, I need to pull through the mentorship, and then I, it's, it, those are just invaluable. So I just want to thank everyone that played those roles in my life. They are paying it forward, and I just really hope and pray that I'm able to continue to pay it forward as well until I support other people. Thank you. No, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for your time today and for providing us your definition of the American dream and allowing us to learn more about you. Um, so we definitely appreciate your time, Deji. And that's our show.
Thank you for joining us on the Living Corporate Podcast. Be sure to follow Deji. How can they? How can our listeners? How can they follow you? How can they? You know, kind of check in on things with you. Yeah, thank you very much. The easiest way is to uh, get go to my site dejiayuade.com, uh, single word dejiayuade.com, and on there you'll be able to connect to my social media, Instagram, um, Facebook, Twitter, uh, dejiayuade. Yeah, so the, the logos are there, the icons are there, then my books, uh, all the links are there on my website as well, Barnes & Nobles, Amazon. So uh, I think the one-stop shop is my website. And I, I'll be happy to have you all connect with me. Thank you. No, you're welcome. You guys, so make sure that you connect, follow the link to that website, and make sure you follow us on Instagram, at Living Corporate. Uh, Twitter, but no, it's X now, right? <laughs> and <laughs> at Living Court underscore pod and subscribe to our newsletter. Like, I genuinely would love to read a newsletter. It has been a while, right? I want to hear from you guys. So please feel free to write a letter, write into us the show. We would love to read and check out our website, the living corp corporate.com website, and um, make sure that you tune in for the next Real Talk Tuesday. This has been Shanisha, and you have been listening to Deji, but Dr. Deji, (laughs) A-U-R-A. So we thank you so much for your time, and this is the American dream, or is it not? (laughs) We'd love to hear from you guys. Tune in next Tuesday. Peace. All right, y'all. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode with Dr. Ayode. Listen, this man has done so much in his life. Like, I mean, he's so far ahead. He's dropped numerous gems and definitely things I think that are super aspirational, inspirational to help motivate you as you continue to navigate the different, you know, challenges and things that come up in life and continue to be positive through it all because we know that, yes, our days may not always be rainbows, glitter, and, you know, unicorns and sprinkles, you know, like you may have some rainy and some tough days, but at the end of the day you have to keep pushing you have to keep persevering and I know that we face many challenges here as we experience you know uh, microaggressions on so forth and as DEI is being challenged day in and day out we have to continue the good fight and make sure that we're creating an inclusive environment for all of us right so this is Shanisha you've been listening to Real Talk Tuesdays it's always my pleasure to connect with y'all y'all have a good week Peace. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.